This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome back for another OG Show Live. Mr. Randall, how you doing? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Reel Down... Welcome back to another episode of Bass Fishing for News. Hi, boys and girls. Welcome to once again the Bass Kayak uh, Brother, this is the final cast. Another segment of uh, Chasing the Tide, your saltwater connection on the Palatin. Welcome back, everyone. Another episode of Feather and Fur, your host. Welcome back to the Mindset Hey, welcome back to Off the Water. Happy here with Adventures of Outdoor Woman Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Rusty Hook Kayak Fishing Podcast. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Tough. For all situations, go to pelican.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, go to eastport.info. Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Bass Fishing for Noobs here on the Paddle and Fin Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Sean. Uh, Susie is uh, not able to join us tonight. I hope that she should be back next week. So uh, for any of you guys wondering where she is, uh, she uh, sends her best, and uh, hopefully she'll be back next week. But uh, that being said, I have an uh, awesome guest tonight. Uh, This gentleman uh, I've been fishing with a little bit lately. He's uh, a local guy to me, so um, we fish a lot of the same waters. And um, a couple of the same tournaments, although pretty much every tournament I've been in with him, he's kicked my butt. So, uh, um, but uh, we'll talk to him a little bit about that. And uh, without any further ado, I'd like to bring on tonight's guest, Mr. Jordan Welliver. Welcome to the new show, sir. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for joining us tonight. Um, uh, for those of you guys uh, who may not know you, um, we have a you know worldwide audience pretty much, but uh Mostly here in the States are our listeners, but uh, we do have a few people out and about. But uh, for anybody who isn't familiar with you, uh, why don't you let the folks know uh, who you are, kind of where you're from, and uh, uh, we'll talk a little bit of how you got into fishing and kayak fishing. 
I'm Jordan Welliver. I live pretty close to the Susquehanna River, pretty much a central area to any of the Susquehanna that I'd want to fish. Um, what got uh, into yeah, I was going to say, what got you started into fishing? Have you been one of those guys who fished ever since you were little or more like me where, you know, I, I started way later in my life? Uh, I always fished a little bit, not, not serious. And my dad is by no means a fisherman. So <laughs> I had no leader in that aspect. Um, I Probably about five years ago, I started working for a guy that makes all kinds of soft plastics. And it put me kind of in a good position because he has had a boat and a glass boat. So anywhere we wanted to go fishing, he, he's been there. He knew where to go and we could go catch fish anywhere. So that kind of got me started. And I actually got into the boat world probably, well, up until last year, I never even really kayak fished, like maybe down a creek or something like that. And then I seen the Hobie tournament and I seen what the payouts were. And I was like, wow, that looks <laughs> like something I need to get myself into. So I went, bought a kayak and got into a little bit, didn't, didn't buy a phone tether probably should have been <laughs> something i got too because i caught a 19 and a quarter two minutes into the first kayak fishing event i've ever fished and dropped my phone in the water <laughs> uh yeah we've i i, I if you fish long enough you're probably going to do that uh, i i have a feeling i have come close um i've actually fished my uh phone out from out of the bottom of the river um before i went and got a tether but luckily when i dropped it it was like two feet and i could see it there and was able to just get it but i know believe me i have uh as my listeners definitely uh already know i have lost my fair share of uh gear to the river uh uh the the guy who started paddle and finn brian uh just at our dale hollow event last year i lost a 300 plus dollar combo of his that he let me use and uh, just kicked it off the front of the kayak. So I have definitely, uh, threw some money into the water for sure. It's not hard to do, man. For sure. No, I I've lost Oakley's I've lost. Uh, I, it's actually, I probably shouldn't even list if my wife listens to this, she's not going to be happy. So, uh, but yeah, let's safe to say I have, uh, you know, gave my fair share of, uh, bounty to the depths for sure. But so you uh so you jumped right into Hobie events or or you know you had a few smaller events you did before you got into the Hobies? No, I had no idea about kayak anglers or anything of that nature. I knew the Hobie event and that was it. I wow. did measurement tournaments before, but just like the weekend ones where I could be on my boat. Okay. I literally never I never even pre-fished out of my kayak. Like I just went to that event saying, oh, I'm a boat guy. These kayak <laughs> guys are going to be way, way like behind compared to boat guys. No, that wasn't the case at all. <laughs> but I was actually way behind because of the tether situation. So 
Yeah, no, unfortunately that will put you down a little bit, but, um, so like where, once you did it, uh, did started with the kayaks, did you like fall in love with that or do, would you still like to go back to boats someday or, or just, you know, kayaks is where you want to be now? Uh, every weekend, um, last Saturday I fished on the North branch of my kayaks. Sunday I was in a boat. Okay. I have, I have a boat also so i pretty much if it if it came down to it the same day i'm going kayak i'm in the kayak okay but so far there's only been one event that i had to even do that to and it was honestly probably not worth it in either way but i donated that day so <laughs> well i i donate a lot and i i'm sure i've donated to your winnings at least a little bit in a few of these so uh um, but yeah let, let's talk a little bit about how your year has gone i know you've definitely had some some good finishes uh you know at least following on facebook and seeing you know some of the things that i've seen um but uh like take us through how your year went so far so over the winter, I kind of just tossed around the idea whether I was going to go full bore into it this year and fish all the Hobie events and stuff like that. And that was 100% my plan. Okay. And, and I came, came to where it was, I got to sign up at 12 o'clock on this day or I'm not making signups. And I just kept not i just didn't sign up like it honestly wasn't really a thought in my mind so i just knew if i 100 percent my heart didn't want to do it then i should probably stay local one more year i was hoping to win aoi and some and something whether it be kayak anglers pa bass or something but i didn't even i only showed up for one pa bass event mm -hmm. but that was also due to vote boat and kayak on the same day and mm -hmm. drive four hours to go fish somewhere i've never fished before or go fish where i know i have a hard time leaving the susquehanna that's for sure no and I, I had I, go ahead i had some middle of the road finishes pretty much all year like every tournament i was mid-pack and not not really putting it together and then pretty much right before the Hobie or right after the Hobie. I took ninth, 18th at the Hobie. And yep. then, I see that nice big check in the background. Well, no, I had to make sure that I took 18th. <laughs> um, I took 18th at the Hobie and then followed that with a fourth. And I pretty much had good on both sides kayak and boat the the ending to this year has been kind of giving me back some of the money i've donated i won an event on saturday which was it's my favorite it's my favorite place to fish that i've never pre-fished in my life i showed up on tournament day last year and i did good so i went back again this year and put it together just not with the same strategy i had last year 
But overall, I wish this is how my season started versus how it's finishing out because it would have – it's given me confidence, but I finished last year out very well too. I just need that June, July, August solid finishes that I struggle with a lot. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. And and you were saying that uh, when we were talking uh, before the show that this is this time of year is your favorite time of year to fish. Obviously, you have a lot of confidence with this uh, this time of year. Um, but yeah, uh, what do you think changes? What's is it this time of year just fits better to the, the type of uh, techniques and tactics that you like to to use better than maybe the, the kind of midsummer months? Now I'm still throwing the same bait the same way. It's just the cool, like it's, I don't care where you're at. If you're fishing 83, 84 degree water, these fish are, they're being lethargic. They don't want to go out and kill something. I mean, you get your few and far between, but your, your morning and nights are your best time to fish. And, a lot of times it's hard to capitalize in that hour long, 30 minute long period right in the beginning of the day and you don't get a night in a tournament. So right, you pretty much got to make do and grind out the rest of the day. You still catch a lot of fish. Just I just have a hard time in a kayak. I have a hard time catching them midday in a boat when you're six, seven feet higher like not level with the water and i'm you can stand on a cooler or whatever you can sight fish that's that's my favorite way to fish but in the fall the water's cooler they're more active Mm -hmm. they seem to eat well they obviously eat way more because the fish i've caught in the last two days versus the fish that i was catching two months ago they're they're half a pound heavier Oh yeah. I was just uh, joking with uh, one of my buddies. Uh, he asked me how I did yesterday and I was like, I caught the chunkiest 11 and a half inch bass that I ever caught in my life. That thing was heavy. I was like for a 11 and a half inch bass. I was like, Oh my gosh, that thing is a beast. But, uh, yeah. but, but yeah. And, and all the fish that I'm catching right now, you can tell are they're, they're really starting to feed up. Uh, just last week, I, we kind of did my show on the fall feed up and how, this time of year is a great time to fish and it's, you know, right now it's proven to me, you know, exactly that, you know, I, uh, I, I went out on Saturday and did pretty good. And I went out last night and didn't catch numbers, but, uh, the fish that I did catch were, were good. So for the most part, but, uh, I know, um, you're actually, uh, doing some tournament prep for a big tournament that's coming up. Um, I wanted to kind of just mention it on here. You don't have to give away any secrets or spots or anything, but um, the tournament that we're uh, that's coming up in our area again, it's on the Susquehanna. It's um, I forget what the boundaries are. They're similar to uh, it's what the, the same exact boundaries as the Hobie. I just think the Juniata might be like something different about the Juniata. Okay, and uh, I know on our kayak anglers tournament that we fished on the Juniata. That's where I caught my biggest fish of the year. I had a 21-inch uh, bass up there, and um, I missed out on big bass in that tournament by like a quarter of an inch. I was so when I caught that fish, I was like, 
oh, I got big bass. Nobody catches more than 21. And then Mike Reinhold, the guy who runs our local chapter, had a 21 and a quarter. I was like, oh, you're kidding me. But uh, but yeah, so that uh, the Juniata was nice to me when we were up there. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if, especially now that the water is up again, um, or at least halfway up, uh, more than it was for the Hobie event, uh, you know, I think that could be good. Oh, absolutely. Anywhere we're baits pushing to right now is definitely the way the way they're moving for sure. But uh, I wanted to mention to the folks a little bit about this tournament because it's a little different than your average tournament. It's actually uh, who's putting it on? I forget. Uh, I don't know. Native. The... Native. That's right. And um, so it's actually they're paying out a thousand dollars each hour of the tournament for big bass for that hour. So if you catch the biggest bass uh, for that hour, you get a thousand bucks and it's a hundred buck entry fee, if I remember correctly. And um, they also there's definitely um, prizes for overall big bass and then the, you know, the normal, you know, bag that is the biggest. But uh, the payouts for the hours, if you take two hours, you're easily won more than you did if you take the whole tournament, I think. Right. It's, it's, or yes, pretty it's close. actually every bass over 14 inch counts. All oh, day. that's right. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, if you can put up numbers, which is, yeah. So if you, you know, then it's a numbers game for the, the total. But then every hour, like you said, is is uh, biggest bass, too. So there's all sorts of ways to win. It sounds really interesting to me. Um, uh, I was 100 percent for it until I found out I have a wedding that day. Um, so I'd have to get off the water at like lunchtime. So I'm kind of still up in the air about whether I want to do it and it's coming up rapidly. So I'm going to have to make up my mind. I, I mean, to me, it's almost worth it to fish at least a few hours in the morning and see if I luck upon, uh, at least one good fish, you know, it yeah. would easily make it worth it, but you never know. So we'll see. I'm still, like I said, still up in the air, but, uh, um, I was, so that brings me to the kind of topic that I wanted to talk about, uh, tonight. And that was, kind of how you do your tournament prep. Cause I know uh, like I talked to you a little bit before the Hobie event, when we were at the uh, captain's meeting there and um, you seem to have a really good plan and, and I'm definitely still kind of totally uh, a noob when it comes to planning. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I definitely didn't do a hundred ton of homework. I didn't have a ton of time to pre-fish. Um, like I, I live, you know, in the Wrightsville area. So I know my section of the river really well, but North of Harrisburg, I, I've fished a few kayak anglers tournaments up there, but other than that, I really uh, hadn't fished it much. And so I was definitely kind of a stranger in a strange land heading up there to fish the Hobie. I kind of more did it just because I wanted to kind of meet some people and just to say I did it. I uh, didn't have any expectation of doing well, especially against the caliber of anglers that were in that event. Uh, but uh, uh, I still had a ton of fun and it definitely taught me that I definitely need to learn more about uh, doing my homework and preparing or getting a plan together. Um, so I, I, that's why I was curious about, you know, kind of what all goes into your planning process and um, how much pre-fishing plays a plan into that or a uh, part of that. I know you said uh, you've definitely fished tournaments where you haven't had experience and you think that, uh, how do you think that relates to how you did in those tournaments? Um, it's, kind of a double-edged sword for me because you can you can go do all this pre-fishing the fish are in the water they can move 
they can move. I've done this numerous times this year alone. Like you go, you catch them the week before or go catch them a day before, catch three fish and three casts and say, oh, this is a great spot. And then go back there and you get in your head right away. Oh, I, I caught the only three fish that was there and I thought there was more there. Mm-hmm. or oh, i i did that actually pre-fishing for the hobie so i i don't know i going in blind you, you have a clean slate you you're only gonna know what you learned that day during that tournament and it can be beneficial like i i fished new water this weekend and i had no expectation i told my buddy in the morning like you see this area right here? I'm not leaving it. Well, 25 minutes in, after I fished all three of these things and didn't catch a single fish, I instantly, I was like, well, I'm going for a ride upstream. And I just pedaled upstream till like two and a half miles until pretty much I knew, well, I started seeing people above me coming down. And I was like, I didn't fish that hard enough to want to just keep going and go fish the water that the four or five people I seen fish when I know I was the only, so I just switched tactics and went back downstream. But I, I like to go out and catch, catch fish in different areas that set up similar or like the same amount of current or as many little eddies or like maybe same rocks, same style ledges. Um, and kind of just see what I can pick up on that the day before. That way I know I'm not hurting anything that I'm planning on doing. Right. And then time of year plays a lot into it too. Like right now, covering waters definitely something that's key Mm -hmm. and the more the more water you cover the more time you're the more more chances you have at catching a big fish yeah no and i i know uh the last event that um i fished with you um right towards the end of the tournament you blew by me a few times back and forth and i was like man he is covering water and i'm just poking around maybe i should be paddling more um, but yeah, you were like, you, I remember chatting with you real quick and then you were gone and then you were coming back up by me again. And I was like, whoo, he is flying. But, uh, but uh, caught the bigger, you caught a bigger fish in the end than me. So. Right there, right that, at that, at that, at that spot I did, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that was actually the biggest fish I caught all day. So that made me wish I would have kind of stayed down towards that end a little bit. Cause I went way far up and didn't catch anything and then caught all my fish down at the bottom end again. So. Yeah. I picked up on that. I actually stayed after that was over. I went down three launches. Like I fished another seven hours after it was over. Wow. And I do that when I venture down that way, because that is unfamiliar water for me that, always wins like it's not if it can 
if it will win, it always kicks me in the dirt. Like <laughs> I might catch, I start out so good and then I just scramble to get the last bite. And I, I really, really want to learn that area a lot more than I have. Well, that but, area really threw me for a loop just because I'm so used to the ledges down in Wrightsville and in my area running um, perpendicular to the shore. Um, they run across the river, but up there, the ledges run parallel with the river. And yeah. I was like, how the heck do you even fish this? You know, because uh, like on my on my ledges, the current hits up one side and then so you have a fast side and a slow side. But there the current's running right along the ledges. So um, it definitely was a little bit different for me fishing there. So, yeah, I, the first I always I always do good. I went there in my boat and fished like that whole area. I did so well. And then I just went back in there. My buddy's a guide. We took his boat out. We caught like 98 inches or something like that. And <laughs> three hours, the one, the one night I'm like, Oh, this is legit. Like, I really like this area. I go back and plus there's so many, there's so much down there. It's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. To like, you pretty much got to stick with one side of the river and just run with it because yeah. I always, I'm always zigzagging and then I, three hours gone by and I look upstream and I'm 80 yards down from where <laughs> I started. And it's like, <coughs> it get it's tough. That's, that's for certain. It does. And I, I've had that conversation on this, uh, uh, on my podcast before too, with a lot of people. And that's, I think, one of the challenges with, with the Susquehanna is that it is so huge. There is so much water to fish. Um, trying to isolate it just down to a little bit. Um, now, again, once you know your section of the river, like I know the Wrightsville area, I know generally what holds fish and what doesn't. So I can eliminate, even though it's a mile wide, I can eliminate, you know, three quarters of that and say, you know, yeah, there might be a scattering of fish here and there. But I, I don't I don't need to fish that because I know, you know, it's it's not as good as these more, you know, the high percentage areas, if you will. And I'm sure yeah. on your end of the river, uh, you probably know kind of the same things, you know. So and that's where I'm always jealous of almost a little jealous of the people that fish these smaller rivers because there's just not that much area. And like I feel like if I would fish those areas, I could re do really well because I'm going to cover everything just because I'm used to covering so much water yeah i always wanted to go down and fish the new river mm -hmm. i yep. do like i this one guy i talk to him all all the time and he's like you gotta come down that's like i want to because this sounds it sounds mean that's for certain well and the only other real place that i've fished far away is uh you know paddle and vin does a a meetup at Dale Hollow every year. So I fished there. Um, now, both times I fished there, you know, it's, they always say, oh, it's, you know, a world-class fishery. And I, I was like, finally, I'm going to someplace that's, you know, you know, supposedly comparable to the Susquehanna. And I just didn't fish well. I, I did okay. I, I you know, I, I caught a few big fish last year, um, but just not as many as I was thinking, you know, I'm expecting to go there and just absolutely slay fish left and right. And it just didn't happen. But 
location for every place <laughs> I go to. Why? Well, and I know. I, <laughs> well, I know uh, when I was talking to you about the uh, about the Hobie event before that, I was mentioning how uh, you know I was nervous, and you know that was my first real big event. And you seem to have a really good you know head on your shoulders, and um, you, you weren't letting it get to you at all. You're just kind of confident in your plan, and you kind of you know. Um, I, I definitely was a little envious of your mental game because it seemed like you were a lot mentally, uh, I don't want to say tougher, if that's the right word, but you definitely seemed more confident than I did, for sure. Yeah, when you go and you catch 94 inches in <laughs> 20 minutes right at daylight, pre-fishing, you, it does make you pretty confident, but this. I just learned one thing. I had no expectations of doing that again. Mm -hmm. But I knew if I went back both days, I was the first person to post the limit. And I had 85 and 83 in the first 15 minutes both days. Wow. So I I knew that it, that place was capable of that, but I didn't have any type of idea what was going to go down but i just day two i honestly had no expectations and kind of just grinded it out and i it worked it worked better for me in the last hour than it did both days after seven o'clock so hmm. well yeah. and that's evidenced by the check that's sitting behind you because um my uh what i think i finished 160th out of however many um, and you were much, much, much higher. So, um, uh, you know, your, your mental toughness proved to help you, I think. Uh, but you had a good game plan and you, you knew kind of where you wanted to go and what you wanted to do. And I was the exact opposite. Uh, I was kind of pretty much shooting from the hip 90% of the time. And I think that showed in, in how I fished. But uh, I'm definitely kind of looking forward to, I don't know if I'll do it again next year. Well, what do you think? Are you, I mean, after you're finished, I would think if they do come back to the Susquehanna. Oh, and I, I plan on fishing. I try, I plan on making it to the TOC this year or awesome. next year, whether it's through AOI finishes or I have to do it through a top three which either way neither of them would upset me but that top three would would be a lot cooler plus i just kayaking's becoming a bigger and better thing every single season like just from last year to this year i mean i haven't been around long enough to see where it was five years ago but just seeing where it was last year versus where it is this year, like my buddies that don't kayak fish don't even hardly fish. Like if they fish, they fish with me. Mm -hmm. They know like, oh, did you see so-and-so's video on at this lake? Like my buddy knew about that stupid bug thing that Nolan Miner was throwing before I knew about it. And he's seen it on YouTube. It's like, so there it's cool that it's getting bigger. And I definitely, I don't know what Hobie is planning on doing next year. I 
have an idea, but it could be it could be a definite game changer if it's what I'm thinking they'll do. And I think it'd grow the sport a lot more. Okay. But just from last year, I was tossing around whether I was even going to fish the Hobie. And I had, I signed up like the Tuesday before signups were over. This year, there was no such thing as that. I knew oh, yeah. I was actually on the river sitting there at like 11.50. I sat down and I'm sitting there like watching the time. And then I get the the police please click or click five stoplights and I'm or mountains that mountains or hills and I'm sitting there like looking at it I got so mad because my buddy texted me he never even used tourney x before he's like I'm in <laughs> at like maybe 10 seconds into 12 o'clock mm-hmm. I was like how how does this happen and then I hit the um I forget, like the terms and agreements. I pulled up the terms and agreements page instead of just clicking the button. So I thought for sure he got in and I didn't. But uh, I I just love that I'm fishing against this many people and the events that they do have around here. It takes – there is actually no boat tournament around here – in an That's amateur big. series mm-hmm. that pays ten thousand dollars, right? Or ten five actually, right? So that to me, that to me is awesome. But plus the drama, like I just I noticed in kayak fishing, you're the amount of drama you're dealing with compared to being in a boat. Like it's not even. Like, yeah, you get the occasional, the person comes across the river and cuts you off. Go fish a boat tournament. You, I guarantee you, you, you fish five of them. And four out of five, you get cut off by like less than 50 yards. And if the guy that ran two miles up river and then just pulls in right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like there's a lot more respect in the kayak fishing community. And that's, that's something that definitely has me sticking around. Same here. And then I, you know, I, I didn't really have any big boat uh, tournament experience prior to getting into the kayaks, but that is one of the things that just kind of drew me into the kayak uh, experience. Cause like, just like the guys from the kayak anglers group, you know um, I totally came in as, you know, a hundred percent didn't know at all what I was doing. And a bunch of those guys kind of took me under their wing and said, Oh yeah, you know, come out with us, you know, and I'm like, hey, I don't want to mess you guys up. And they're like, no, 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 you know, you know, that's the whole point of this is to, you know, get other people involved and to get people hooked on the sport. And um, had it not been for them, I I would probably be still struggling because I learned so much from uh, Mike and a, a bunch of the other guys as I kind of worked through that. And uh, uh, it's definitely what kind of drew me in uh, that camaraderie that you know is out there and. How, you know, even though we're competing against each other, a lot of people, you know, do help you out. They share tips. They let you go with them or, you know, at least shadow them a little bit, you know. And so, like I said, you know, I and I, I've heard, uh, you know, kind of that the boat world was so much more cutthroat and, you know, nasty and, you know, ho- horrible things. And 
that's the only thing that scares me about our, our sport, you know, kayak angling growing as much as it is, is that I, I fear that that could start creeping in. And you already do see a little bit of that, that drama with some of the bigger, bigger uh, uh, things. And, you know, I remember Christine Fisher talking about, you know, uh, fishing in a group or, you know, uh, you know, getting tips from other anglers and, you know, she just had a big post about that. And, you know, when you hear that kind of thing, I, I think uh, that's the kind of things that I'm afraid of with, you know, the way our sport is growing and how fast it is, but I guess it's kind of inevitable at some point. So Yeah. I was going to say, no matter what, pretty much you're gonna, you're gonna have issues when there's money involved. Like True. it's, that's it true. doesn't matter what it is. I'm honestly, I don't know any sport that doesn't have drama, but I just feel like, as a whole, I think I think it's a lot less than like, especially like going back to both. I just it is not the same like you can pull into a launch and talk to people there's people that don't even look at you don't talk to you and then as soon as the tournament starts you pull into a spot and they're blowing your bank out or they're doing something that i mean i'm sure it happens but just that you're in plastic boats too that, which <laughs> which has a lot of a lot of help with not blowing banks out for sure but there's True. definitely ways that you could screw things up oh absolutely yeah you know and you know they joke about you know the glitter boat guys you know being you know thinking they're so much better than us small guys in the plastic boats but you know they can have their glitter boats all they want i'm i'm super happy in my little hunk of plastic you know i'm the captain of my own ship basically so yeah i need a glitter boat i need a river boat <laughs> Well, I ha so I just need a glitter boat. And honestly, I've been, if you looked at my marketplace search history, there is a lot of glitter boats in that <laughs> because I just want to go fish the big, big waters. Like this weekend, heading to Lake Erie in a plastic boat, man, I just 10 to 20 mile per hour winds. Like there's a lot that can go wrong in those situations and i i've never i've been to lake erie to catch walleye okay i've never fished for a bass in lake erie and i just i i make bait with a guy who won some big big tournaments in in a boat a little bit more than ten thousand five hundred dollars so <laughs> He definitely is he I as soon as I'd seen that I qualified, I asked him, I'm like, hey man, like can you tell me anything about this place? Because I'm not going to pre-fish. Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna go fish it and it is what it is. He's like, Well, this is what you gotta do. And if this isn't working, go back across it because you, it's got to work. <laughs> and that place is fishing extremely tough right now. Like there's people, I, I know somebody that was up there for a tournament. I overheard him at, a, at the boat tournament Sunday. He was up there for, a, I think it was a state championship. He pre-fished for four days, caught six fish in those four days. Wow. 
So I don't know. Maybe maybe us kayak guys can show out on the boat guys this weekend, but that would be pretty sweet. I, I can say I don't I don't know about me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and that that made me think. You know, you know, as much as you know, home home field advantage might come into play. You know, if they have a tournament on waters that you know, all it takes is something like you know this tornado or uh, hurricane weather to make its way up the coast and the places, you know, could get completely washed out. You know, that's the one thing about the Susquehanna. It doesn't take a, a ton of rain to get it unwieldy, you know, and when that happens and that goes through, it, it's almost an entirely different fishery, you know, the next week. It, it, it fishes completely different. Um, you know, that's if it's even safe to be out there, you know, when there's yeah. friggin', uh trees and, uh sheds floating by then you know you know that's not the best time to be out there but yeah i definitely don't i've never been last year's state championship it was at 11 3 that was the hot that's sunbury gauge too which mm -hmm. sunbury averages with rain normal summer it's nine feet mm -hmm. around there but I was out in 11 feet and that was, that was definitely a little hairy. There was a lot of moving water and my bright idea was to drop an anchor. Well, it, I actually got, I don't get uh, seasick and I got seasick during that tournament because it was, I was sitting there doing this <laughs> the whole day and it got me, but no, I, I actually prefer if the river was to do anything, it could go back to that 11 foot mark. Okay. Cause I, I understand it, whether it's high or low mm -hmm. and I would rather be out there with it higher than lower as, it, as a being in a Hobie with a pedal drive standpoint or like just more water to fish. Like there's, right. there's things that happen when you reach 10 and a half feet that don't happen at the, at, I haven't seen it all year because mm -hmm. the river hasn't been there. Right. And I, my buddy's always asking me, he's like, when's that, when's that river gauge getting to 11 foot again? Cause we had <laughs> one of the best days. We're both throwing spinner baits off the front of my boat and we're just, setting the world on fire like we fished three little eddies all day wow and we were out all day long but was it high and clear or was it like no. usually when i was gonna say usually when it's like that it's chocolate milk yeah no it i i like that six foot or six inch visibility six to a foot gotcha that's, okay that's the cool because that opens up a lot of baits that you don't normally throw mm-hmm and would you consider yourself more of a, a power fisherman like that or, 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 uh, like I'm definitely more finesse. Um, I'm learning to some of the power techniques, but, uh, you give me a Ned rig and, uh, I'm going to do probably better now, you know, crank baiting I've gotten, I've started to really like uh, lipless cranks and stuff like that. Um, right now I, I, I did really well yesterday on a spook and I hadn't thrown a spook forever. And I just happened to watch a YouTube video and I was like, I'm going to try this. And then the two biggest fish I caught yesterday were both on the spook. So 
Yeah, that's a that's a. I definitely can throw both. Like, okay, that's. I mean, I think that makes you a good, uh, a well-rounded angler when you can slow down when you need to and really pick something apart. But if you know if the conditions are right and and the power game is working, you know, if you can do both, oh. I think that's definitely the best way. Favorite wise, yeah, I'm going. I'm going power fishing. Like okay. if I can, if I can throw any type of casting rod, whether whether I'm throwing top water, spinner bait, jerk bait, like anything that I can throw with a casting rod, I'd prefer. But if I have to, yeah, I'm not afraid to finesse fish. That's last year last year up until then i only owned one casting rod now i don't even know how many i own <laughs> like i literally but i i was i had spinning rods set up like heavies for throwing a crankbait mm -hmm. or like a jerk bait rod like my my buddy's like hey why don't why don't you uh, just buy another casting rod for this? And I'm like, and then I bought one <laughs> two weeks later, I bought another one three weeks later. I, I bought my first Corrado DC. Okay. Now it's, I actually just bought another one today. <laughs> so I don't even know how many, I bet, I bet you I have 18 to 20, three casting rods and only four spinning rods wow see i definitely i'm still i'm still probably more on the spinning rod end um usually when i go out now i take four spinning rods and two crankbait uh, or two uh casting rods one you know one's my crankbait rod and the other one is a, a heavy glass rod that i have um, but i do have a few other i do finally i finally got my first frog and rod uh early in the year but i just don't use it that much on the river um, to be honest, but, uh, um, I got that more for when I go to the lakes and stuff, but, um, but yeah, I, uh, I'm kind of like, kind of, I'd say mid range now. Um, whereas before, you know, I was hundred percent spinning rod. I, you know, you know, had that one bait caster that, um, I, I bought on Amazon and could barely throw, but, uh, I've definitely progressed my game a little bit. Uh, but then I still look at like, uh, like Jeff Little, I watch a lot of his videos and, he's throwing a lot of his stuff on spinning rods. So I'm like, you know what? There are definitely people who are successful using spinning rods, but you know, I, I do like to broaden my horizons and um, I, I got my first SLX DC and uh, that really made a big difference. And uh, hmm. uh, I still can't skip a, uh, a casting rod to save my life. If I'm skipping, that's going to have to be with a, uh, a spinning rod. Cause uh, I'll birds nest a, a bait caster every time. Uh, I try to skip it, but, but, uh, I just lost the video on you, Jordan. I'm not sure, uh, what happened there, but you still yes, there? Yes, I can still hear you. It's, yeah, it's uh, work stuff that. Gotcha. Well, um, so, um. I'm trying to think, is there anything else that you think if you were uh, trying to give some tips to a beginning angler, what you would tell them um, about uh, kind of 
uh, getting ready for a tournament or, you know, how do you, how do you approach like what baits you're going to throw? Just more because it's what you know and uh, your experience or do you, uh, do you really kind of change it up depending on what the river is kind of saying to you? Whoop, did I lose you completely? Bear with me, folks. We're having a little technical difficulties. There we go. I can hear you again, Jordan. There you are. Welcome back. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, good. So um, I, I don't know if you heard my last question, but I was just I asking you. What you okay. So if there was anything that you could, uh, any advice you could give to a beginning angler, what would what would you tell him? Uh, just go out and get out of your comfort zone. That's really something big that I learned very quick when I got into tournament fishing. Whether you're against a certain bait, you don't want to fish a certain way, or you're afraid... Like in my shoes, I, I still have a hard time, like I said, leaving the Susquehanna River because I just don't want to leave something I'm comfortable with. And like if you're going like a beginning angler, yeah, you want to be on your home water, your most familiar, but you never know. You might do better on something you maybe don't have any time at all spent on. And it's you. Every time you go out, whether you win or lose, it's a learning experience. You you gain absolutely. You gain something that will help you in the future, or you meet somebody that can also help you in the future you start hanging around good people and that are good at fishing and eventually one day you're going to be one of those good people and the beginners are going to want to hang out with you i definitely the people i've met in kayak fishing is they're all awesome it it's great to even just talk to him, not even about fishing. I can talk to Ryan Lambert literally about every anything and everything. And most of the time it's hunting. <laughs> and, or just absolutely irrelevant stuff. And mm-hmm. it's, it's easy to do. Like, but I, I know what you're saying. And I, and I, to me, that when I when I give people advice, uh, especially when it comes to tournaments, I'm like, just you know, even if you don't think you're going to do great, just do it. A because it kind of forces you to fish water that might be out of your comfort zone. Like there are so many places that I fish through kayak anglers and other tournaments like that that I never would have fished otherwise, just because I I wouldn't drive that far. You know, not when I can drive 15 minutes to Susquehanna and fish someplace I know. Um, you know. Where the, whereas, you know, some of the places that we fish for kayak anglers, it's, it's two hours, two and a half hours away from me. Um, you know, the northernmost kind of reaches of our tournaments. And uh, so I think just for that fact alone, uh, it kind of forcing you to fish waters that you don't know and aren't familiar with, um, I think to me was one of the best reasons why I uh, kind of talked myself into it and really started going. But like you said, meeting 
meeting the people that you meet and the knowledge you get through that too is almost uh, worth it alone. Yes, absolutely. All right, man. Well, we're uh, hit the 50 hour or 50 hour, 50 minute mark. So um, I think that was, you know, we covered a bunch of topics there and uh, I think that's pretty good. I wanted to give you a chance to shout out if you have any sponsors or anybody, any products that you, uh, you know, you love to support or anything like that. And also social media, if you have anything. Uh, just anybody looking into hand poured soft plastics. We make a tube that's, it's not your molded tube. It's made out of a better plastic because you can't inject the tubes with the same plastic that are hand dipped. Um, they're scented. That's sneakyhollowbaits.com. And we make tubes, drop shot baits, Sankos, all kinds of stuff like that. And I'm forgetting a lot because I'm not good at going off the top of my head. But Sorry to put you under pressure like that. But we'll, uh, we'll include a, a link in the show notes for sure uh, so uh, the listeners can go and check that out. Um, that way you don't have to remember everything. Guys, uh, just make sure you check out the show notes uh, for the show. And we'll include a link to... to uh, to the sneaky hollow baits there and uh, we'll make sure you guys uh, get some coverage there if that works that will do all right anything else you want to shout out nope that's pretty much it all right man well um we'll see i might maybe i'll uh, run into you if i happen to fish the native event um still tossing that around but if i don't good luck to you i can't wait to hear how you did and uh uh, we'll uh, keep in touch and see, uh, you know, maybe we'll have to have you back on and you can talk about uh, your experiences there as well. Okay. We'll talk about it after. <laughs> yep. 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 Yeah. That way we're not uh, dishing any secrets or anything. So, well, again, uh, uh, Jordan, I appreciate you coming on with me tonight. Uh, it was a lot of fun and uh, I look forward again to getting back out on the water with you sometime. So. You also. All right, man. Well, Guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Bass Fishing for Noobs, where we bring you the techniques, the tricks, and the tips to help you rip more lips. You guys have a good night, and we'll catch you next week. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on Paddle and Fin. Be sure to drop a five-star rating, a thumbs up, or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on. Be sure to check us out on Waypoint TV, waypointtv.com. Make sure you sign up for the Fantasy Kayak Fishing League at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. You could support this show through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash paddleandfin. Don't forget to check out the website paddleandfin.com. Catch us on YouTube. If you got a question, comment, or want to see a future guest on the show, be sure to email us at paddleandfin at gmail.com. Shout out to our show supporters, Yak Gadget. You can check out all the fine kayak accessories at yakgadget.com. Pelican Professional. For all your cases, coolers, and lighting needs, go to pelican.com. Rocktown Adventures. Your Midwest premier paddle sports destination. Go to rocktownadventures.com. Eastport Marina. The beautiful destination on Dale Hollow Lake. If you're looking for lodging, kayaks, kayak accessories, or anything fishing related on the beautiful Dale Hollow Lake, go to eastport.info. 
The Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and fill your tackle boxes today.